Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy! Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Another Monday, Weissman and Oz. However you may be listening, Facebook, Twitter, call it in. Numbers 1605-562-8001. Press 5 to join the conversation. I'm Errol. My partner, Stephen, right next to me. How Steve. you doing, Errol? Stephen, I see you're rocking the Victor Cruz jersey. Of course, I have to. I mean, what performance for the Giants yesterday. Yeah. I mean, you know, they never make it easy for us, but a win's a win. No, I, we'll take that W rather than an L every day of the week. we got a packed show for you guys today. Um, we're going to be doing predictions today with Joe at 1230 because we will not be here on Friday taking Thanksgiving vacation. Rob will be on in a few minutes to discuss, uh, how the Islanders can't win a game and how the Mika Zibanejad injury will affect the, the Rangers this season and maybe during the off season too. So we will definitely, uh, cover everything. So Steven, before, uh, before Rob comes on, talk some hockey. Why don't you discuss some uh, how Yaland has been doing? And we're going to get into some football, too. A lot, a lot to discuss over this weekend. Well, you know, I, there's not much I can say about how the Islanders are playing. They're just atrocious right now. They're tied for the least points in the league, and I believe with Arizona. And you know what? Right now, the Islanders are going on their West Coast trip. I believe they have Anaheim tomorrow and then L.A., two huge games. I think this West Coast trip's going to do good for them. I, I, you know what? It can't be much worse. I mean, they played probably one of their best games, complete games of the season against the Penguins. Unfortunately, couldn't pull out a win in overtime. Oh, my God. Incredible play by Chris Letang and Crosby. I don't know if you saw that, Errol, but it was just, you know, a beautiful display of hockey and something that I don't think this organization or this coaching staff's able to compete with. Uh, I know consistency. That's the biggest thing with this team. They're not consistent. The line combination's not consistent. You're paying Andrew Ladd, what, $5.5 million, $6 million a season for the next five years? You know, he, sink or swim, he should be playing on that first line with John Tavares. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And, you know, I know it's November 21st, and they're about what? 13, 17, 18. So you're about a, almost a quarter way through the season, and you see that they they have the least points in the Eastern Conference. It, it, it concerns you. When you get to this point, I know it, it's early, and I've said it before, the Rangers have started off like garbage multiple times. I mean, it's, it's a rarity that they started off this well. But it concerns you when you see the way they have played, when you see the way they've played, when you see the way, that, you know, the coach is just being outcoached each and every night. And you see, really, the talent that you that they constructed to be well this season has not been producing. So, as a hockey fan, as a guy who really I can't stand you guys when they're successful, when the island is successful, but I think it's better for this this city and it's better for this town when both teams are playing well. I, I'm concerned for this team, and you don't know what's going on with the goalie situation. Halak's playing good. People still want Grice. Seven straight starts for Halak. Yeah, That's a lot. That's surprising. very unusual for. Capuano to do that with his goaltenders. You never see him have his goaltender start so many games in a row. No, it's surprising. And Andrew Ladd still hasn't 
been the guy. I mean, you're paying him six and a half million dollars a year, or more than that. Whatever it is, it's a it's a good amount of money. You know, you expect the guy to come in and produce. Unfortunately, a guy like Mika Benjamin got hurt for the Rangers last night. Came in here making about two and a half million, looking for a contract after this season. Unfortunately, you know, he's out six to eight weeks with that broken fibula now. But we, you know, we've seen this how many times with the Islanders. You need to get off to a good start, and it's not something this team has done. And they haven't looked good doing it. I mean, it's not like they, you know, they're five, eight, and four. It's not like they, you know, they've lost so many close games. They've been getting blown out. Besides last night, they getting, but they were getting blown out each and every night. Uh, the, key, the team can't score. The goalie can't play goalie. Uh, the defense has been struggling. Steven, you put a grave on, a grave on it soon? or No, not yet. not yet. I mean, we had Rob on here a couple weeks ago saying, give it till Christmas or Capuano. I don't know if he's going to make it till then. You know what? It's, it's the NHL, just like you were saying, NFL. Anything can happen. Teams go on streaks, bad losing streaks, bad slumps, and then the teams go on a, a nice, 10-game winning streak. We've seen it. We've seen it happen season and season. I mean, just go back to last season. You can go back to the team that won the Stanley Cup last season. I mean, look what happened. They were the one of the worst, well, not the one of the worst teams in hockey, but if you look down the Metropolitan standings, I mean, they were down there. They changed, make a coaching change. Look what happened. Yeah, right that's what I was about to say. Coaching change. You know, doesn't that ring a bell? Something, you know, maybe a New York team should do. But here's the difference, though. I mean, you, no, you know, as, the talent. As, of course, as talented as I believe the Islanders are, I mean, Christ's sake. Not Crosby, Phil Kessel, Malkin. You know, you had just you, the right system, guys. I mean, you saw... You had Chris Haglin. Carl Haglin. Especially him. I mean, you saw how he, he caused havoc in each and every series. They saw it close up doing it to my team. That was even with, you know, Marion Gabrick when he... His first season with the Kings. He clicked so well on that system. And I think he played his best hockey with the Kings. Yeah, and, you know, you can make a coaching change as much as you want, but if you don't have the talent to back that up, but, you know, what are you going to do? So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to discuss it for Rob soon. He should be on any minute now. So, listen, man, I I don't know. I don't know what to do about this team. I, I really do think Islanders need to make a trade or do something. We know that there's not going to be a coaching change. I, As much as all Islanders fans or most Islanders fans have complained about ownership or management, this team needs a shakeup, whether it's a trade you know, the Islanders have been counting on the development of Ryan Strom, Anders Lee, Brock Nelson. You know what? Brock Nelson is someone that I'd like to keep on this team. He can be a, a pure, I could say, 30-goal scorer at some point in his career. Not saying it's this season or the next, but you can tell that the potential is there for Brock Nelson. What line is he playing on now? Is he it, second line center? It's all mixed up. I, th- I, I think they had him on the third line. No, uh, Zika was on the third line. Yeah, he was on the second line. Uh, centering, uh, last game. But I, that's, that's it, Errol. The consistency isn't there. Ryan Strom never really, it hasn't really developed through his full potential. A, a guy that I can see being moved and doing well in a different system. We know that him and Capuano have their differences. We've known that the past season or two. Anders Lee. He's not playing the style of hockey that he needs to be. He's a big body that needs to put himself in front of the net and not try to be a pure goal scorer or playmaker. He's a guy that's going to get the tipping goal. And you know what? Anders Lee hasn't really played that role. I I mean, Islanders' system tries to make it that way, but it's just not happening for Anders Lee. And 
you know what? I just think this team really needs a whole new makeover at, uh, at all these different positions. Whether it's a trade for someone in Colorado like Duchesne, uh, I heard rumblings of, you know, maybe a trading uh, Dal Cole or Barzal. I mean, you always hear rumblings. It seems like it never happens after hearing rumblings. I mean, the only time I actually hear heard rumblings and something actually happening was, was the St. Louis Callaway entry. I don't know, man. I think this team is sticking where they are. I mean, how, how often has Garth Snow been out, been willing to go out there in the past few years and make a big splash? I mean, he did it, what, two years ago or three years ago when uh, he traded Matt Molson in October for Thomas Vanish. That was very unexpected. I mean, that was a few years, yeah, that was a few years back. I don't know, dude. I just, I, I really don't feel like I really don't feel like Snow's going to go out there and make a big splash. They put this team together. They spent a lot of money on this team, bringing in Ladd, bringing in Chimera. You guys see what happens. And I know they're not in a good place right now. They're in last place in the division right now. But, I mean, what else can you do? You can just sit there and hope. You can hope that Halak – I mean, Halak hasn't played bad. He's, no, he's played actually pretty good. But I'm just shocked that Grice hasn't gotten in as much as he was last year. You no, know, Grice was magnificent last year. And another thing, they have the three goalies. You haven't seen one inch of Barube on the ice. He hasn't been on the ice once. You, you get two veterans in front of him. You're not going to see much of a young guy. You're yeah, going to win. You're doing, that's just hurting. That's not helping his development. I know, understand if you send him down, he has to go through waivers. And I understand. Well, the, he's up right now. You're carrying three goalies. Yeah, and he's a healthy scratch almost every game. We're backing up. But, you know, at some point, you got to make a decision. Is, uh, is he taking up a roster spot, or are you going to send him down or send him through waivers? The only thing is, Snow's afraid that he's going to get picked up, and most likely for, uh, back from the Kings. So he doesn't have a two-way contract. No, so, no, because he was placed on, picked up on waivers. The Kings, he, he was a uh, high draft pick from the Kings, and they just let him go. Islanders picked him up on waivers, and you know, the Kings are doing decent right now without Quick, but. They're afraid someone's going to pick him back up. Yeah, we're going to get into more uh, Islanders and a little bit of Rangers, too, uh, once Rob comes on. I guess running a little late. Uh, Steven, let's get into yesterday. And, you know, big, not a big upset day. I mean, you saw Tampa Bay go into Arrowhead and beat Kansas City, which is probably the biggest upset of the day. Uh, the Giants, man, I, I mean, it wasn't pretty. They scared you, but they got it done. And you can't really say much about it. What, what you can say is that, Sterling Shepard has now played well the last couple of games after having a little bit of a slump. Another touchdown. Another, another touchdown. Landon Collins with another pick at the end of the game. JPP looking dominant, which really makes you that smile. first you play in the fourth quarter. How he went right through the right guard and, and that Jay Cutler. It was, you know, that was the JPP we saw. We saw a glimpse of that in his rookie season. I mean, listen, he just, he just, well, he had like seven interceptions, uh, uh, seven sacks yeah, or something. He like just bowled through Mike Adams on that play. And same thing when he sacked, uh, sacked Cutler when they were trying to go down to tie the game. I mean, li- listen, leave it to the Giants to not make anything easy. I mean, in the third quarter, they score two touchdowns. They look like they're going to run the Bears out the stadium. And what do they do? They let them get back into the game. All of a sudden, they can't run the ball as effectively as they've been running the ball all game. I, I mean, and you're playing Cleveland next week. Listen, all you have to do, if you win next week, and you're going to assume that they do, knock on wood, you win next week, you got to you got to scrape out two games out of the next five. So you you have to play sub-500 football 
just to possibly get into the postseason, which you think 10 wins would get you in. You hope so, but, you know, the way it looks like right now, it depends. Thursday's going to be an interesting day for the Giants. You know, you have Dallas versus Washington. That's a very important game, as if Dallas wins, it also helps your chances in the wild card, because Washington is the second. Giants and the Redskins are the first two seeds in the wild card right now. I hope the Cowboys win every single game, so the Giants game. I'm telling you. What did you want the What did you want the Cowboys going into MetLife with an 11 game winning streak? All the pressure in the world Sunday on a football. Yes, I would love that. I, as I don't know how, I don't think the, the division is possible. In all honesty, unless the Cowboys somehow lose out, which how can you see them lose out? You know the way they've been playing all season. I got. I I guess you just got to hope for a, a number one seed in the wild card. You know, I, I'm not afraid of the Washington Redskins. They're actually a good team. They played a great game against Green Bay last night, which I'm sure uh, we want to talk about. But, you know, then they have Minnesota, then we have Minnesota against Detroit. Another great game. Uh, another game that's going to be interesting in the NFC North and also in the wild card because Minnesota has the third seed right now. So it's all going to, you know, Catch up at the end of the season. It's all going to be very interesting. Now, the Giants have to worry about this themselves and see what happens from there. How crazy is that? Three, what we thought, surefire picks for the postseason. Green Bay, Carolina, and Arizona. Not all under 500. Has, I, I don't think any of them. I, I guess I could say Green Bay against the Atlanta game, and they lost that game, where I can say, well, they played a good game. Uh, I mean, none of them. None of them. You look at a game and you say, well, they played a good game. Uh, watch, excuse me, when Arizona played San Francisco, I, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, they didn't even have Carson Palmer in that game. But, uh, I mean, come on. I mean, none of these teams, I mean, this is the mediocrity, not even the mediocrity, the parity that is the NFL. I mean, how many teams have did we think Minnesota? I heard them postseason now. You know, understandably so, they lost Bridgewater. Brad yeah. hasn't been that great. Peterson but you know, also. they finally got their win to break out of it against one of the teams that has just been a total colossal disappointment. I understand that. So I, I, I don't know how if Minnesota is strong enough or versatile enough to make it into a wild card spot. All depends how Washington does if they went out and the Giants went out, but. You know, the Giants don't have – you may say the Giants have an easy schedule. You may not. They have divisional games that they have to win. I mean, of course, Cleveland – Cleveland, you got to say, is a must win, right? Of course, yeah. Pittsburgh – in Pittsburgh, let's count that as a loss. Then, what, you go into – then you play Dallas the week after? Well, yeah, Dallas Dallas, home. Washington. Dallas home. No, Philly, no, Philly on the road, Detroit at home, Washington on the road. Okay, so let's say they lose against Pittsburgh and Detroit, and they win the, the three division games. That count that puts them in the number one, the the fifth seed for the playoffs, doesn't it? That would, yeah, you would think. Uh, and you know what? Moving forward a little bit postseason, uh, do you see any team besides maybe the Giants or Seattle? beating Dallas in an NFC Championship game? Can you see any other team besides maybe Seattle or the Giants? 
to win what? The NFC Championship game. In Dallas, you're talking about? Or you're not even including Dallas? I'm not even... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see Dallas. I mean, Dallas has been good all year. I don't understand. You know, people are discrediting the Cowboys right now. How could you? They've won 10 straight games this season. I know that, but if any team can beat them, I believe it would be the Seahawks or the Giants. No? The Giants have beat them before? Yeah. Yeah. Before, I guess I understand it was before, you know, Prescott was all that, and Ezekiel Elliott was all that, but... I mean, it was week, it was week one, and we're... It was week one. And, you know, you don't know really, really know what goes on with any team week one. I mean, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott has run for just about every game over 100 yards almost since then. But the Giants stopped him. Yeah, and the Giants haven't let up. I got to double check to see if Howard went over for 100 yesterday. I know they've let up one receiver with over 100 yards. Um, I'm getting up Howard stats now. And Howard, Howard, listen, he had 70. Think about this. He had 72 yards in the first half. He had 70 finished with 77. This, this run game for the Giants has been very good. Right, let's see if they can stop Zeke in a couple weeks. I don't expect Isaiah Crowell to go run all over them. No. But, uh, yeah, and listen. Uh, yeah, you know. Speaking you of the run you, game, Rashard Jennings had a great game. Oh, he was fantastic. 80, 85 yards or one? I mean, listen, we haven't seen we that haven't in a while. We haven't seen that this season. Um, listen, uh, and <laughs> it was a very, very windy, cold day. Uh, actually, our hockey guy Rob Todd was on was at the game yesterday. We've been trying to get on. Uh, I guess I've had a little technical difficulty. Yeah. I guess. So uh, we're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to try to get him on for you guys to talk some Rangers and Islanders before we really transition into the football side of things. You're listening to Weissman and Oz on I-95 Sports Network. We'll be at, back after this short commercial break. Introducing the s Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at s Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at s Podcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for a podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. And we're back. Weissman and I, the number to call is 1605-562-8001. Press 5 to join the conversation. Uh... Still a little technical difficulty with Rob trying to get him on to talk some Islanders and Rangers hockey. Uh, he's actually giving us a call right now, so I'll take over while Errol takes care of that. But we'll have Joe on for his early week predictions. Uh, we won't be here on Friday as we're going to take a, a nice little Thanksgiving break because, you know, we want everyone to enjoy this holiday in fall. And, you know, Thanksgiving, Errol and I had our own uh, Friendsgiving yesterday. We had a great time, you know, Errol's been one of my great partners, one of my great friends for many, many years. But getting back to the football side of things uh, for now, you know, you like what you saw from the Giants yesterday. You're hoping they can put up a performance uh, against Cleveland Browns as an identity game. You want an identity going into the postseason, whether it's the rush, the running game, you know, starting to look better uh, against the Bears. Maybe they can do that again against Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense isn't all that great, so we'll see how that plays out. But, I mean, Heinz Field is like, what do they call Heinz Field? Playing at Heinz Field? 
educate me. I don't know. I thought they called it something. <laughs> but, you know, you never want to play against Pittsburgh uh, away. And, you know, even before we talk about uh, those games, I want to get back. I want to talk about tonight's game, the Houston Texans against Oakland Raiders. It's going to be a blowout. I, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be. It, it's going to be so far. A 7-3 and three team going against a 6-2 and two team. 6-3. I'll say this. The Raiders' defense has been so bad this season. I think Brock Osweiler actually might throw for over 200 yards. Over 300? I wouldn't take that bet. He might throw for over 200 yards. I mean, we couldn't see him throw over for 100 yards against that Jaguars defense that we've seen burned so so vividly, uh, not vividly, so frequently this season. But for real, dude, you got to get off this Texans train. Because you know why? Because the city of Minneapolis, the city of Indianapolis, the state of Indiana is coming, man. I am telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, they are coming for you. Because the Colts defense actually played pretty well yesterday. The Texans offense, uh, excuse me, the uh, Colts offense, 21-0 at, at the end of the first half. 21 nothing after the first half, or 21-7 after the first half, rather. And, you know, Luck didn't look that great for the second half, and it seems like that's just the story of his of his season so far. That's just the story of his season so far to um, play for the tale of two halves. But, Steve, you really think that, that Houston can go off and win this game? I don't know. Uh, I think if Oakland, you know, has some mistakes. If Houston can take advantage of those mistakes, uh, if Lamar Miller could get on the scoreboard with a touchdown, that would be nice. I, you know, Brock Osweiler obviously hasn't put up the numbers as I expected him to. He, they've gotten wins, which obviously matter the most. Doesn't matter how you get it. It's a matter if you get it. And like I said, if they make their way into the playoffs, it's anyone's game. It's a whole different season in the playoffs. We know that. We've seen it with every sport, whether it's hockey, baseball, you know, don't football. Say, don't say NBA because it's not true. <laughs> okay, exclude baseball. Talk about the Giants. The Giants are win, win at all or nothing when it comes to the playoffs. If they win the first game, they usually make it to the Super Bowl and win it. If they lose it, you know, obviously they're out. But that's common sense. That was a stupid comment. But Steven, you're full of love. That's why I love you. I mean, let's be for real. Uh, no, I mean, and you know, some surprising things going on now in the post. It's in to transition over to the AFC West a little bit because we are talking about the Raiders. Kansas City lost a bad game at home yesterday. I mean, I, I mean, bad against a, a Tampa Bay team who actually, now you look at it, is only one game behind in the division uh, of that AFC South. Of course, they lost both games. Oh no, no, no! They, they split with Atlanta. So really, I mean, you got to go into the tiebreakers deeper than than head to head. But then you look at it, they got two, and I mean two tough road games coming up in Denver and in Atlanta. So now they're 7-3. and three. You lost a bad game at home to Tampa Bay. Really, you should be, after that game from the week before against Carolina, you should be 8-2. and two. You should have looked more impressive than, than you did last week. I don't know, dude. And then you look at the teams behind them, and we talked about looking at the teams outside looking in. You, you don't really see any of them coming up to step to the plate. All of a sudden... Miami six and four. They had a good comeback win yesterday against a good Rams defense in their home territory. So what was that five straight wins for them? Yeah, and now they got home against San Francisco, who's one and nine. Uh, I don't know. That 
from Kansas City, you, you really got to step up your game because you lost a game you, you had no business losing yesterday. And then you look at the Dolphins' schedule. You, you know, it gets tough. You know, in Baltimore, home against Arizona, who's obviously disappointed. Uh, at the Jets, I mean, you, you, these division games, you never you never say they're gimme games. You know, you're at the Jets and at the Bills. That's two division games in a row. And then, obviously, at the Pats. I mean, maybe this isn't the same Dolphin team that we're just going to see that's going to be disappointing at the end. Maybe they, they'll be able to... You know, well, step up. what's going to matter is those last three divisional games. I mean, New England, I'm sure, is going to have clinched the division by then. So I don't know if they're going to have all their starters. That, that's a good point, actually. You bring that up. You know, thank you for bringing that up. New England might not play anybody that day. I mean, but look what they're, they're winning without Gronkowski. They're, they're winning without some of their players. You know, they're not a, a bad team, even with all these injuries that they have. You know, Gronkowski has something with his chest now. Who knows what happens with that? And did they miss him yesterday? It's not going to – in the postseason, yeah, it will affect them. It's not going to affect them winning games in the regular season. I mean, they have so many – they still have many weeks to go. But you look at their schedule, and I know we're so so infatuated with looking at the schedule, looking ahead. They got at the Jets, please, home (laughs) against the Rams. Home against Baltimore, who's given them trouble in the past few years. Harbaugh does give Belichick some trouble once in, once in a blue moon. Then you got in Denver, tough game. Home against the Jets. I mean, you're saying maybe they lose one of those games, maybe two. They end the season 12-4. and four. They'll still get home field advantage, you would think. 13-3, and three, I think, is definite. So, well, who else was competing with them? You got Oakland. And you got really the winner of the AFC West. I really don't see Houston standing up straight with the rest of these teams, I'm really sorry to say, I think they're going to end up collapsing. I think they will be exposed. The most fraudulent team in the league will be exposed the next three weeks, four weeks. San Diego, they beat. Five weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, they're going to be Green Bay, they beat. Green Bay's on a four-game losing streak right now. They have how not long, looked good. How long are they going to keep looking like this for? How long? Are, and that defense is terrible, and that's going to be a fun thing to look at. As bad as Osweiler has been, as bad as I can be. I thought Green Bay was coming back last night. I don't know if you caught any of the game last night against Washington. There were slight playoff, uh, playoff fantasy implications on there. So I was uh, I was watching the game. Allen's just getting – it's not even that the offensive line looked bad. It's just that he wasn't seeing his receivers. He was getting pressured last night. But the Aaron Rodgers that we've known for the last few years has been get, able to get rid of that ball quickly. And I don't know if it's, you know, football issues or personal issues. But he just has not looked like Aaron Rodgers. You know, you mentioned the personal issues, and I, I don't know if this is, this has anything to do with it. But you hear three former – I told you this last night. You hear three former teammates come out yesterday. So or not yesterday, in the past week. Finley, Driver, and Greg Jennings just about comes on every single year on so many different news stations to bash Aaron Rodgers and his personality. Now, he's not a great teammate. Not a family man either. Not a family man either. You That's what his brother said on uh... – What's that show that is on The Bachelor? It's either The Bachelor or The Bachelor. I, I don't. I don't know. I get confused. I don't know which one it was, but I mean, you, you saw that on that show, and I was actually interested in that in that episode. I, I didn't watch it religiously, you know. So I was I forced. Heard. I was forced to watch a few of the last episodes. Anyway, and and then you hear from Colin Cowherd on his show, which is very very good, credible show. If anyone wants to go catch that, and he got confirmed from two sources last week that Aaron Rodgers' parents have to buy tickets if they want to go to the game at Lambeau. So clearly they do not have a good relationship with his family. You've heard from 
a lot of teammates, and even Randall Cobb took a slight shot at him, talking about how, well, we if we point fingers, things are just going to get worse a few days after Aaron Rodgers pointed fingers at other people. But we haven't seen this from Aaron Rodgers at any other point during his career, have we? No, we haven't. And so I, I don't know if something happened within the past year. I don't know if it has to do with his football playing skills. Obviously, he's very highly talented and skilled. We have seen him make plays before. We've seen the offensive line obviously better before this season. You know, Aaron Rodgers just, I don't know, man. It's hard to describe how Aaron Rodgers is. There's no way to, you know, explain what's happening. This this defense has not been good, and I got some numbers for you. Here you go. Not numbers, I'm just going to go through the games. Gave up 23 points against Jacksonville. You were able to score 27 to win that game. You couldn't score more than 14 to beat Minnesota when your defense stood up and only gave up 17. You had to score 30 points against Detroit. They scored 27. You you held the Giants up to 16. Good job there. This is where it starts to get ugly. Dallas is Dallas. Dallas at Lambeau, you gave up 30. Chicago were just taking that game out. Then at Atlanta, 30. You got blown out by – it was a five-point game, 31 to 26. You got blown out by Indianapolis. That game wasn't that close. You got blown out. By, uh, by Tennessee. That game was over at halftime. You just gave up 40 points yesterday. This defense isn't good. I understand that. But if you watch the, and especially in the beginning of the season, they, 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 um, they, they were giving him time to throw. He just wasn't seeing his receivers. And it's concerning. One guy I just want to, you know, point out who has actually had a step up in last season, uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah. No, he's fully healthy this season. And, we we've seen his potential this season, to say the least. I haven't watched many Green Bay, but you know, uh, I've seen highlights. Last night he had a great game, Devontae Adams. You know, an, uh, another guy just uh, who has stepped up, and obviously Aaron Rodgers has you know downgraded. And, and a guy that you haven't really gotten much production out of this season, which you really thought you would, was the tight end position with Jared Cook. Jared Cook, yeah. Jared Cook, six receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown last night. He took a horrible penalty at the end of the game yesterday. And the game was just about I know, done but... by them. But, I mean, you have you have weapons. I don't want to hear that you don't have weapons. Jordy Nelson's back. He looks healthy. If he's not healthy, that's a different story. The fact of the matter is, he looks healthy. So, I, I don't know what the issue is. Well, I, we can pretty much say... That division is going to Detroit. No? Or Detroit or Minnesota? If Green Bay keeps playing like this, I mean, I understand they're under 500, two games under 500 now. And I don't think I wouldn't have a hard time with them seeing maybe even winning out, just Aaron Rodgers finding his groove in the defense. You know, just don't give up 30 points every game. I can see them finding their groove, but, but this I is going, see. This is going back to the Texans versus Packers uh, game that we were talking about. You don't think the Texans can win that game? <sighs> that's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting game that's, to watch. That's, that's going to be tough. I really do believe that it's going to be a, a hard to do. It's just the Texans have not – they haven't looked good this season. I'm sorry. They have not – there's one game. There's one game where I've looked at them and said, all right, well, they looked good. And that was the Kansas City game. Where they're at home, they beat up Kansas City, they physically beat them up, that defense beat up that offensive line of KC. And you just, you know, you won 19-9. Osweiler looked, you know, respectable. 
But other than that, I mean, dude, come on, 99 yards last week? 99? You know, I'm glad you did. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did. Uh, you did do this because <laughs> how much more are we going to talk about the Texans? And it's all because of you. Well, I, I still believe the Texans are going to somehow pull out a victory tonight. It's going to be tough. Oakland's a hard stadium to win in. I'm not. No, Oakland's been a great well, team. Well, it's actually in, in Mexico City. Tonight. Oh, Mexico City. So I mean, it's a neutral field. Houston hasn't won a game on the road yet, and Oakland was never good at home anyway. So it's actually more advantage to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I don't know. If they can pull out a victory tonight, I, I could say this division is pretty much. I mean, if Tennessee does fight back, Tennessee's. Uh, you know what? I am so shocked that Tennessee's been this good. They're fighting for this division title. Yeah, they could get it. I I, I don't have much faith in in, in Houston. I think, do you think they'll win this game tonight? I think they can. I think it's possible. Listen, we're going to get into more of that. Uh, we're going to take another commercial break, just having some issues that we got to sort through regarding the call-in. So we'll be back with you and White and Nines in a couple minutes. Okay, trying to get back on here now. Let's see if this would work. Joe, can you hear us now? And you just hang up on our caller. No, I didn't. Yeah, you clicked the end button. Uh, Errol, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this kid one day. I'm, he uh, might kill me one day. And then I hear him hanging up. As uh, Joe, can you hear us? Howdy. Oh, hey, Joe. How you doing, Joe? Howdy, y'all. I feel like I'm in Texas with all this Houston Texans talk. Joe, uh, Joe we missed you last week. Um, what is going on in that studio, gentlemen? Jesus. Uh, uh, listen, when you when you move away from move away from the Apple products and the MacBooks, that's what happens to you, Joe. Unfortunately, have uh, mercy. Stephen's gonna have to fix that up next week. Uh, Joe. Show's canceled on Friday. We got Monday. We got a lot of Thursday Thanksgiving games. Got three good games. And, of course, on Sunday. Uh, you ready for this or what? You ready for some turkey dinner during football? Oh, my God. The best day of the year. I get to eat, stick my hand in my pants, and watch football. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got, lucky, for Vegas, lucky for us, Vegas is, is beautiful, and they have spreads up already. Uh, Minnesota coming off a win after that five-game losing streak. Going to Detroit. Detroit's already beat them this year. They're two, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Joe, who you got? Yeah, I don't pick against those two home teams on Thanksgiving. I got the Lions at home. Yeah, I'll take the Lions at home as well. Minnesota got one win. I don't think they're a strong enough team to you know make a real push like they were at, at a division you know, spot or even a wild card. To be honest, every game, every game this year, minute uh, Detroit's gone been down in the fourth quarter. Going into the fourth quarter, every game they've come back. Give me the clutch gene. Give me Matt Stafford in that one. All right. So next game we got uh, Redskins at Cowboys. Dallas favored by seven. Joe, who you got? Yeah, I'm gonna give the seven again. You know, Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I don't go against them. As much as I want to pick Washington, yeah, it's hard to pick against Dallas the way they're playing. And you know what? If I think this is going to actually be a closer game than you know people might think. I think this game could come to an overtime win 
or even a, a even a field goal. I don't know. Okay, I, Dallas is gonna win this one. As long though. as it doesn't end in a tie, I won't, I won't lose my I won't lose my head. I think Red, I think Washington wins this one outright. I do. I, I saw the way Washington played last night. Dallas looked a little shaky in the first half, but Dak ended up coming to fruition in the game. I think that I think Washington's gonna come in here, win this game as Dallas did to them in Week Two uh, when they went into Washington and beat them up. Uh, Joe's AFC Super Bowl pick: Pittsburgh is visiting the eventual AFC South champions to trump the Texans. The Indianapolis Colts. Joe, we got the Colts are three point home underdogs. You guys know my rule against. You know, you always go with the home team dog. I'm going to break my rule, and I'm going to go with the Steelers on the road here. And I'm actually going to go with Indianapolis in this one. Uh, I would pick Pittsburgh. Uh, they're coming off uh, a bad losing streak. Uh, they finally won yesterday. But Ben Roethlisberger still hasn't really looked like himself coming off his injury. Thankfully, the running game, Le'Veon Bell had Excellent game yesterday. Uh, I th- and Andrew Luck had a great game, so I think Indianapolis is going to win this one. Yeah, I'm going to discredit yesterday and really take it away from what I saw from Big Bet. I don't know what it is about these AFC North teams when they go into Cleveland. They, they just it's listen, it's a division game. It's an old school matchup. I, I give them I give them the pass when they don't play well in Cleveland as bad as they did. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh on this one. The defense for Indy is just so bad right now, and I, I, they did play well yesterday at home. But, no, give me Pittsburgh on this one. I think the, the firepower would just be too much for them. Uh, the other team that's going to eventually trump the Texans, the Tennessee Titans are one-and-a-half-point one, point, one and a half point road favorites on the road against Chicago. Joe, he got? Chicago gave you guys a little bit of a scare yesterday. Uh, they're a bad team now, and for some reason, I just I really like Tennessee, and I'm gonna stick with Tennessee this week. Yeah, I was gonna. You can't not go with Tennessee in this one, especially uh, big game that they must win. Uh, you know, if they want to keep up with the divisional uh, leaders, the Houston Texans. So. Yeah, I, I just I mean, it's Jake Cutler gonna throw to himself. I mean, it, Alshon Jeffrey's out for the next three games now. Zach Miller's out for the year who burned the Giants too much until he went out with a broken foot. I, I don't see who Cutler's going to throw to. So, yeah, give me the Titans on this one to bounce back after yesterday's debacle. Jaguars visit Buffalo. Buffalo, seven-point favorites. Joe, who you got? I'm going to take Buffalo at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo as well. Those seven points, I will take those seven points. As long as Robert Woods is healthy, as long as Sean McCoy is healthy, obviously. It's I hope McCoy's healthy. Tough. So does my fantasy team. So you're not winning anything. I'm not talking about that, Lee. Oh. Uh, you're not winning anything either way. Anyway, Buffalo, I think, takes the seven points. I think they're going to have Bortles a lot of trouble tomorrow. Expect, listen, every week it's been a pick six from Bortles. I, I think he expect two of them this week. Uh, Bengals, the depleted Bengals, Giovanni Bernard, torn ACL, AJ Green, torn hamstring. Uh, that kills my fantasy team. That's actually worth something. They visit Baltimore. Baltimore's four-point favorites. Joe, who you got? Yeah, Errol, you just said it. Cincinnati is so banged up. Uh, how many people's fantasy teams took hits this week? I, I'm taking the Ravens at home. Yeah, you can't not go with the Ravens at home in this one. Cincinnati's just, like, all banged up right now. We are going to see such true colors of Andy Dalton this week without A.J. Green because how many times did he just air it out to Green who goes for a jump ball? Uh, Danny Dalton's going to struggle the rest of this year without him. And it's going to start with what was the number one ranked defense. We'll see after this week now. 
But what was the number one ranked defense in uh, Baltimore? So they gave them a tough time. Atlanta, coming off a bye, four-point favorites against Cardinals, who, uh, who Carson Palmer just looked atrocious yesterday in Minnesota. Joe, who you got? You know, the Falcons are a good football team. They had a week of rest with the bye. I think they're going to come back and win at home. Yeah, I'm going with Atlanta in this one. Coming off a bye, Carson Palmer, he looked as bad as he did yesterday. I'll take Atlanta in this one, especially if they're coming off a bye. Just expect Matt Ryan to play well tomorrow, even against this good defense at Arizona. Also, this good defense had Sam Bradford burn him for 30, uh, or 24 points yesterday, rather, 23. Uh, oh, boy. Giants visit the Browns. Giants are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the other Browns. Joe, <laughs> Joe, what you got? I don't know why you're laughing so much, but... There's a first time for everything. Oh, no. No. And this season, something hasn't happened yet. And I think this is the week, getting seven at home, that the Cleveland Browns win their first game. Is that just because you want, you want to get under our skin, or you really believe that? Or I think the, listen, the Giants will probably win the game, but... I think the spread's going to go up a little, and I'm going to take the Browns at home with the points. I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. You know, we were supposed to go to Cleveland, Errol. That obviously didn't happen. We're not going. We're not going to Cleveland. As much as the tickets are like 30 bucks for the front row, uh, I would be disappointed if we saw Cleveland get their first win. Uh, so I have to go with the Giants winning this one. Six, uh, winning six in a row? You know what? I didn't expect that to happen. After the first three games or four games, but I'm going with the Giants. You also didn't expect Dak to win 11 to 10 or, uh, nine in a row as he has. Um, yeah, give me the Giants. I think they win this one by double digits. I just I watched that game yesterday. I don't know how Cleveland move, is going to move the ball. I mean, I guess run the ball as Isaiah Crowell did in the beginning of the year when they were having slight success with their offense. But the Giants don't let up hundred yard rushes. They showed you that with Jordan Howard yesterday. I think the Giants win this one double digits. Rams visiting the Saints. Saints seven-point favorites. Joe, who you got? You know, Saints are a different team at home, like I always say, and uh, I think that continues this week, and the Saints win at home. Yeah, I'm going with the Saints at home as well. Both teams four and six in the division, third uh, in the respective division. Uh, I'm going with the Saints in this one. I mean, this is just going to be a process for, Drew, uh, for Jared Goff, and I understand that. You know, it was his first game. They weren't trying to overuse him a bunch of dinks, dinks and dunks yesterday. But he just – I'm not going to say he looked scared, but he, he was he looked, 17 for 31 yesterday. I mean, listen, he looked a little anxious yesterday. So I'm going to go with New Orleans, taking me to seven points at home. I think this one could get actually a little bit ugly if Drew Brees is on his game. 49ers visiting the Dolphins. Dolphins are five points, uh, seven and a half point favorites after winning five straight. Joe, who you got? I was shocked the 49ers pushed for me yesterday with that 13-point spread. Um, I'm taking the Dolphins at home this week, though. San Fran's some kind of bad. Yeah, I, I agree with Joe on this one. Miami is in a, a playoff hunt for a fifth or sixth seed, so got to go with Miami in this one. Yeah, both teams flying from cross-country. Obviously, um, Miami was in L.A. yesterday. San Francisco was at home in, by the Bay. Give me Miami, just better talent. Ryan Tannehill has actually played pretty well this season after the first few games. 
and just San Francisco. I, I don't know what to do about them. One and nine. Give me Miami. <laughs> San Diego visits the Houston Texans. That's a pick'em game. The eventual six and four Houston Texans against the Chargers. Show who you got. I bet Big Daddy's going to be picking his nose while making this pick. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm going with Houston in this one. This is a game. Shocker. This is a must-win game for the Texans. Chargers aren't going to be in the playoffs, let's be honest. It doesn't matter if they're going to be in the playoffs or not. They're playing next week. They're playing in Houston. Phillip Rivers is coming off a bye. He's going to throw all over this Texans defense, as well as actually the defense has played without J.J. Watson, which has been surprising. Give me San Diego in Houston. Houston's not going to go away undefeated at home this year. You'll see that. they got to win. they got to lose a game or two at home eventually. Give me San Diego. Seahawks visit the Bucs. Seahawks, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Bucks all of a sudden in a playoff hunt in that division. Joe, he got. Home team dogs, boys. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I am going to go with Seattle Seahawks, even though they are going across the country. They, you know, destroyed Philadelphia in the second half of the game yesterday. Seattle's look unbelievable, especially in the second half of their season. Uh, Russell Wilson's playing outstanding, and you know they're not flying across the across the country for nothing. So Seattle's going to win this one. I think Seattle wins, but I think Tampa covers. I like what I saw from Winston yesterday. On the field and off the field after the game, uh, he's taking a real leadership role on this team. Uh, give me Tampa. I mean, give me Tampa to cover. I think Seattle still wins this game by a close margin, but I like what I saw from this Bucks team yesterday. Uh, Panthers visit the Raiders. Raiders are going to be four-point favorites. Joe, who you got? You know, I keep waiting for the Panthers to like revert back to last year and be that dominant team we saw, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. Um, and the Raiders are a very, very good football team, and that's who I'm taking at home. I'll take Oakland as well in this one. You know, we, we confuse so much in this league about stars and good quarterbacks. Cam Newton's a star. Uh, he's not a great quarterback. And, you know, we've seen over the past few weeks, I mean, he couldn't even throw for over 200 yards against that Saints offense in Carolina, or Saints defense, rather, in Carolina. So give me Oakland on this one. It's just the, the Panthers – Something to matter in that in that organization right now. <laughs> New England eight only eight and a half point favorites at the Jets. <laughs> now Bowles still hasn't announced a quarterback, but I think we can almost tell it's going to be Petty. Joe, who you got? What do you mean only eight and a half points? <laughs> Listen, hear me, hear me out. Okay, hear me out. These games, the Jets and Patriots, are either. Always close, a touchdown or less, or a blowout. I am going to take the Jets getting the eight and a half points at home. However, I do think New England wins the game, but the Jets do cover. I'm going to go with New England in this one. Uh, if there was any team to beat the Patriots, you know, for the rest of the season, it, I would have to say it's the Jets because somehow the Jets seem to play well against the Patriots. But uh, I'm gonna have to go with New England in this one. You know, I just I just really took a low blow. Eight and a half points. It, it, you know, there's a lot. Maybe the Jets cover in this one. I got, I'll take the Jets to cover since it is in New York. 
this is in New England be a different story. I just if Teddy's playing, what is he gonna do, man? Against Bill Belichick might just eat him for lunch. But uh, you know, give me the Jets. Maybe their de- hopefully their defense will show up in a game like this. They are coming off a bye, so I guess give me the Jets to cover. Uh, I still think the Pats win this game though. Seven and three Chiefs at the seven and Chiefs three Broncos. Broncos three and a half point favorites. Prime time got flexed into this game. Joe, who you got? Well, thank God they flexed the Jets out, so I don't have to watch that at eight thirty at night. It won't interfere with The Walking Dead for me. I would have had a fit, boys. Uh, I'm actually taking Kansas City on the road to go into Denver and win the football game. And I'm going to take the home team in this one. Uh, both teams, you know, trying to win the division, but I'm going to go with Denver at home. This one's tough because after a loss from like that from every team, you expect them to bounce back. But then you got Denver coming off a bye, so it's going to be tough. This is going to be a this is going to be a natural bloodbath game, field goal game. I, I think give me just give me the home team on this one, really. Honestly, it's a tough game like this. I'm going to have to take the home team. That's all I got. Uh, Green Bay after the buckle that we saw last night, three point hall, uh, three point underdogs going to Philadelphia Monday Night Football. Joe, he got. I think we're seeing Green Bay's true colors. I know everyone talks about all oh, that they're bound to turn it around. Aaron Rodgers, you know, Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, whatever it is. Um, I just don't think the Green Bay Packers are all that. I think the Mike McCarthy era is coming to an end. And uh, I'm going to go with Philly at home here. Yeah, I'm going with Philly in this one as well. Green Bay has just not looked like they were projected to be, or at least most people thought they would be playing better, obviously. And we talked about this earlier in the show, Errol. Aaron Rodgers is just not himself this season. you got to go with Carson Wentz, uh, picking up a win, especially after yesterday's second-half debacle. I just I can't see the Packers just keep losing games like that. Matt 4-6, and six, I can't see him going 4-7. and seven. I can't see him being that bad this season. You know, ever since the first three or four games, Carson Wentz has struggled. It's not dismissed. I know that. that. And as bad as he, you know, as good as the Seattle defense is, he did look very bad yesterday. Give me Green Bay one last time. If they lose this one, I, I got to cut the cord with them. But I just, I'm having a hard time just picturing the Packers being this bad. Joe? That's all we Bryce. got, man. Was it... Hello? You still have me? I got you, man. It was so good to talk to you again. We did miss you last week. And before we let Joe go, I want to talk to you boys about something. 12 missed uh, extra points yesterday slash field goals. What do you think of this? I mean, this is something we haven't seen in the NFL before. Well, this is exactly what your commissioner, Roger Goodell, wanted. Uh, His own stamp on the game, and that's what he's getting. I'm sure he's sitting in his office with a big grin on his face. You know, but I don't have a problem with it. I mean, listen, it was it was go to the bathroom time. It was run to your fridge time. Back, you know, before they moved it back. I mean, can we get a grip though? It's thirty-two yard field. It's it's a thirty-two yard field goal essentially. The, the kickers can't hit that. Well, I want oh, to I, see. I love it. I love it. I think it it makes the game a lot more interesting. A lot well, more see, the game. What I want to see is before this season, I want to see what how many kickers got. You know, the extra point, or no, got the field goal from the 30-yard field goal 
you know, before the season. Is it in their head now that the extra point is pushed back? Because I don't remember kickers having this much of a problem kicking a field goal from 30 points and it, you know, going wide left or right. I don't understand what it is, Joe. But uh, definitely makes the game more interesting. And, Joe, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving. It was nice talking to you. And we'll have you back on next week. Listen, before I go, and boys, I wish you both a very happy Thanksgiving. You and your families enjoy the celebrations. Before I go, I just need to ask Big Daddy something. Yeah. What sound does a turkey make? Gobble, gobble, gobble. Have a nice week, boys. <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving, Joe. That was Joe from uh, our caller, Joe. Now, if we can try to get Rob Taub on here. We have about five minutes left in our show if Rob wants to call back in. I mean, we're going to try, we're going to extend this show a few more minutes uh, to have Rob on here. And to leave these technical difficulties, we're just going to take another commercial break. We apologize, but we got to get these things figured out. Okay, back on Weissman and Oz now. Um, it looks like the problem's fixed. We're going to try to, yeah, we're going to try to, um, yeah, I think believe it. Everything's fixed. So I believe right now uh, we're going to see if we can try to get on Rob at 12:45. Um, we're trying to get Joe on as of right now. Some technical issues today. Uh, of course, I think God hates us because we we canceled the show on Friday. I think that's what it was. But you know, it's for the love of the country. It's for the love of the country. Yeah, it's for the love of the stomach that I'm about to. <laughs> no, speaking about that, last night I uh, I was. I'm still so full from last night, our friends giving dinner. Oh, Jesus Christ. You have to mention that on air. I, 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 don't, I don't need that. Come on, man. I mean, seriously. Listen, uh, I mean, for Christ's sake. Anyway, uh, to get back to yesterday, I mean, you, you look around the league. It wasn't much upsets yesterday. And, um, yeah, and we're going to have on – no, still can't get Joe on. Uh, again, sorry for the technical issues that we're having today. We're going to try to uh, get those get those fixed up. Mr. Weissman, the technician, will try to figure that out. But anyway, let's get back to yesterday to see if we could to see if we could um, <clears throat> excuse me really analyze what went on last night with Green Bay because really, I mean, if you look at it, really, is it bad? It was it bad Green Bay or was it good Redskins? And I think it's a little bit of both because as bad as Green Bay's defense was, as good as Washington's offense was, I, I mean, in Washington's a little bit peculiar because Matt Jones actually in the beginning of the year was playing real well. And I believe we have on, we're going to have on Joe right now, trying to get Rob on at 1245. Joe, what's going on, Joe? Or is this Rob? We got on Rob? Oh, yeah, Rob. Yeah, Rob, what's going on, man? <laughs> Rob, we'll have to talk to you in a little bit. <laughs> God, going right. <laughs> All right, who do we get, who do we got on now? This Let's is Joe. This is Joe from Merrick. Give us two seconds. Yeah, Joe from Merrick's not working right now. Um, so we're gonna try to get those problems fixed now. Joe, can you hear us? Are you on? Joe, are you on right now? 
Hello? Joe, do you hear us? All right, now we should have Rob. Rob, are you there? Can we hear you? Am I on, boys? How you doing? Yeah, Rob! Finally! Rob, we apologize for everything, all the, all the difficulties, all the technical difficulties. You know, we've been on hold for a while. Um, it's uh, it's all it's all good. I uh, you know, you just uh, kept me from going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll apologize for that, Rob. We owe you. He's 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 in shape. He's all good though. Rob, I gotta ask you before we talk a little bit of hockey. What are, are you? Is all your limbs still in place? Did anyone get blown away by the wind yesterday at the Giant game? I'm sorry. Say that again. Uh, is everything still in place? So you nothing got blown away yesterday by the Giant game because I I know it was a windy windy day yesterday. Oh no! It was. I had a. I had a great time. I mean, I was out there in my my jet stuff. Got a few compliments, even though people thought I was insane. But uh, no, the wind. Uh, not a lot of wind. Not really till like about the middle of the fourth quarter was like my feet were starting to freeze. And you know, that's what you get when you go to MetLife in the middle of November. You know. Yeah, no doubt about that. And <laughs> I never understood the the, the concept of. You know, yelling at Jet fans at a giant game, vice versa. It's like there's no rivalry. You play each other once every, what, four years? So, I mean, that's a different story. But, uh, Rob, one guy that you and I have been high on this whole year since they acquired him, uh, I see you publicly about it on Twitter. Mika Zabed and Jed broke his fibula yesterday, out six to eight weeks. How do you expect the Rangers to deal with this injury when he's played really well this for them this season? Well, I know that uh, they just, uh, took Matt Pummel off waivers, who's a former teammate of Zibanejad, so that might take away a tiny bit of the blow, but I think it all comes down to Kevin Hayes. Uh, Hayes is going to be the guy that, that has to step up in Zibanejad's face. You know, Zibanejad's 15 points in 19 games so far, and he's he's been very, very good. He's played well uh, for Vigneault. He's been good with uh, his line mates, but I think you saw how Kevin Hayes has stepped his game up this year. And especially last night, I didn't catch all the game last night, but, you know, following the game on Twitter, I saw Kevin Hayes, you know, he's becoming that player that everyone wanted him to be. And now that Zibanejad is out, uh, the Rangers are going to, they're taking their first hit of adversity this year. You know, they're on their first losing streak. Um, They have not played well uh, in the past few games. I mean, they're still scoring goals. Which uh, which is a good thing, but you know they're they're still they're starting to struggle a little bit. Teams are starting to figure them out, but I think it's up to Kevin Hayes to take uh, a big step now with Zibanejad out six to eight weeks. Now you mentioned Hayes, you know, stepping up. Is there anyone else that comes to mind for you who is on this team right now, who is playing each and every day, that could also step it up in the absence of Zibanejad? You know, even though he's a, a rookie, I think it's got to be Jimmy Vc. You know, you brought him here. You you went. You fought tooth and nail to get him here, and he's been he's been very solid the first uh, 20 games of the season. But this is the kind of opportunity for a kid like him to really, really bust out. You know, he's going to get more. He might get more ice time now. But I think that this is a chance for him to like really show Ranger fans, and especially you, Errol, and the organization that he's one of the bright spots uh, for the future. I mean, he's a goal scorer. He's got skill like Sabinejad does. I think he's the guy who's going to get a great, great opportunity now with, uh, uh, sadly, with Sabinejad out. Obviously, this season, it hurts them. But something that we talked about before when they acquired him, 
you know, you shed the salary cap getting rid of Broussard, bringing him in, but you're going to have to pay him at the end of the year. Does this affect any, you know, maybe the money he's going to get at the end of this season? Do you think maybe the Rangers can get a little bit of a deal on him trying to re-sign him after this season because of this injury? He's going to keep him out so long? Well, it could be hindsight 2020 because he's had a great start since he's gotten here. Yes, he's going to want a lot of money. The, quite, the biggest thing is when he comes back from injury, is he going to be the, the same player he was before uh, yesterday? It'll be a, like it'll be a huge question to answer, especially uh, six to eight weeks from now. You know, we're going to be uh, almost in uh, in January, and who knows the type of player he's going to come back and be. Hopefully, he comes back and is still the same playmaking guy. But I think that it won't affect the Rangers willing to pay him. It's just going to be based on what they get, what they see in the second half, and hopefully, it's what they saw in the first half and how good he, and how uh, well he plays. Uh, in the system and with his teammates. And, you know, just to transition a little bit, Rob. Uh, oh, God. I, uh, <laughs> the Islanders. I, you know, yeah. can I be honest? They had they did play a complete game on Friday. Did they not against Pittsburgh? Uh, I will disagree. I, have to I, I thought they could have easily won that game. I, I caught that early in the show. I have to disagree. For about 10 minute span in the second period, the Islanders were in that game. Other than that, I did not see a lick of the Islanders playing a better game, better game, like their best game this season. I thought they were outplayed. I thought they can't, they still can't clear pucks. And you saw Pittsburgh was relentless in their forecheck on them in the defensive zone. The Islanders are, they really, they're, they're a circus in their own zone. And even in the offensive zone, I, I didn't, you didn't see that many high quality chances. They were outshot 30-10 to 10 in uh, combined first and, and third period. That doesn't tell you that it was a 60-minute after. That it was their best game of the season. Defensively, I thought they, they played pretty well, but they just they don't know how to beat a team like Pittsburgh, who is speed personified at their game. And you saw it clearly that they are not even on the same level as the Penguins right now. So what do you think it is, Rob? Do you think it's you know, we obviously say, obviously say they're not getting the offensive chances like they need to be. You know, they obviously have the talent, not the talent of Pittsburgh with guys like Phil Kessel and Haglund and Crosby and Malkin and, you know, countless players. But is it, does it come down to the system? Are these the right players to play in this system? I think it's everything. I, I, I get you. I, I think with the system, listen, these guys have known the system for about four or five years, and they played it well for a good two or three-year span. Even though the Islanders, you know, didn't, like, make huge jumps in the standings, you know, they were they were a wild-card team last year, and the year before that, they were also fourth place in the Metro and still made it. But I think that with the system, I think they just have to let the reins go for the for the offense, you know. I think that they're too they're too modest in their game plan, you know, trying to beat you along the boards and trying to win wall battles and you know try and uh, control the puck. You see teams like Pittsburgh and the, they came in the zone like the way they break out and the way they come in the zone. They was cold. They don't let you move when uh, they don't let the defense defense move in their own zone. They're on the puck at all times, off the puck. They're you know they're going right back at you. 
I think the Islanders, I think with the offense, I think Cappy, like, I think Cappy and Snow, whether they're still here, they have to let the reins go. These guys have skill. They have talent. You have goal scorers. You have playmakers. You have a captain who's one of the top players in the league. And even he, you're seeing signs where even the system is starting to wear on him. It's, I just think it's everything with the, with the system, with the coaching. I just think they need a whole – they need to rebrand their system, and they need to base it on today's NHL. It's play with speed, and you'll win the game. You can't, be, you can't play big and physical anymore. It's all about the speed game now. Well, you know, this all comes to, you know, we talked about Carl Snow. Does this mean we need to see a trade? We obviously see that Coach Snow has a confidence in uh, the, all the coaches. And we, we don't, as, a, as an Islander fan, I'm frustrated. I, I want to see that this ownership cares about the fans. Cares about the product on the on the ice. Do you see, do you see a trade happening? And if you do, name I'll, I'll name a few guys in your head off the top of your head that you can see the Islanders trading for. I mean, I don't think I, I think a trade would you know it would be like a, a warning sign that okay nothing is given right now we're a bad team we need to shake things up. But I think I think I still think a coaching change needs to happen because I still think. Going back to watching the past 10, 15 games, the Islanders are just playing uninspired hockey. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not doing the things that made them successful. And I, I mean, I think a trade, whether it's for a Duchesne or whoever, yeah, it might fix uh, in the short term, but long term, you know, this is still a team with a lot of flaws, no matter what anybody says. And I mean, it's hard to throw names out there when it comes to trades especially uh, when it comes to, like, because the Islanders don't want to give up high-end prospects. I mean, if they have to, they like, I think I think they would get fleeced in some of the deals that I think they'd be willing to make, just look at some of the past deals that they've made. But I would not want to see them trade Dal Cole. Uh, he's flourishing in the AHL right now. And, you know, most of, the, most of the guys who come up to the Islanders usually do flourish in the AHL. But I think Dal Cole has a little bit, different uh he has a, a little bit of a different attitude uh i would not trade hosang i'm hearing great things about this kid i read great things about this kid i think he's still got some things to work on but i mean he is a part of the future of this team you can't give up on him i don't think you give up on matthew barzo i think it'll be the biggest mistake especially after you traded the griffin reinhardt to get the pick to get him that would just show garsno's incompetence in what's called picking his uh, picking at the draft because if you trade him, you're you're at like it's just ridiculous. It would be ridiculous in my book to just to give up on Barzil. I mean, even if you're getting a, a player who can make an impact now, you give up a guy like that if you traded in the draft to get him, it, it would blow my mind. But I mean, I I think the three guys right now are honestly. Ryan Strom and Calvin DeHaan. Those are the names that keep popping up whenever I see it looking on Twitter or who, uh, whoever's, you know, writing. But I just – I don't think a trade is going to help this team right now. I think it's got to be the coaching. And I, I said it to a few people today. If they do not get any points on this three-game road trip 
and you come back and play a bad Calgary team, you have to have a new coach in place. It's it's inevitable. The, the train is going off the tracks, and Ledecky should see that. And I don't know. I know it's his first year on, and he has patience. I bet he wants. He's having patience with this. But you're seeing your product is failing on the ice. You got to do something, and I think it comes down to the coaching. And I think if you lose the next three games, you don't get any points. You got to you got to get Jack Capuano the uh, you got to show him the door. Uh, Rob, one more thing before I let you go. You, I know you mentioned you know you really don't see a trade fixing this team, but we have heard rumblings about Halak. He has been on the trade block now, and he has played seven straight games, which I don't know if it shows their no confidence in Grice or what, or maybe they're just trying to showcase him right now. Would you think that he'll be on this team after the trading deadline? Or even before that? Uh, I think, I actually think he's going to be gone after this year. You know, I still go back to this whole thing with him with the three-goal system. It's caused a headache, and, you know, he's he's, uh, one of the accomplices, you know, especially with all the stuff that's been said over the past year and a half. I mean, I really do, like, if they think J.F. Arube is a part of the future of this team, then Darth Snow has to stop hijacking his career. I mean, this guy has not even been given the slight fittest of a chance to show he could possibly be a future goalie for this team. And after this year, Thomas Grice is also going to be an unrestricted free agent. So you don't know what's going to happen with him. But I think I think Halak is gone. I don't know what the trade deadline, maybe at the end of the year, I mean, you got to get something for him, and I've heard that all they can really get for him right now is a third and fourth round, third or fourth round pick, which is it's not good enough. You need something bigger. You need a prospect. You need uh, a guy who can play now, or something, something that's going to you know be advantageous to your needs. But I think both of them. I think Halak is gone. I don't know what happens to Barube. Uh I just I'm not a I'm not on the Halak train. I know they're you know he's played seven straight games now. I don't know if they're showcasing him. I think maybe he just gives them the best chance to win right now. But, you know, Thomas Christ did win you a playoff series, and, you know, he hasn't been given really any, like, good chance this year to uh, to really show that, you know, he last year wasn't a fluke. So it's all up in the air right now, but I think Halak has gone at the end of the year. All right, Rob, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you waiting. Um, we will talk to you again soon. And, honestly, every week, every week we talk to you, I just I wonder if we're going to be talking about maybe a departure of coaching for the Islanders. No problem, boys. Have a great Thanksgiving. All right, Rob. We'll talk, talk to you soon. Uh, take care, Rob. You too, boys. Uh, that was Rob of uh, official hockey. And what else is uh, NHL.com game monitor. So did you remember that? I mean, he's a special guest of ours. Yes, I will. And unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we have uh, a nice Thanksgiving break on Friday. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, as we will post it on both our Twitter and Facebook pages. For Westman and Oz, have a happy Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys on Monday. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy! Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty!